Top of the morning to you. Top of the morning to you. So we're here with the <laughs> Irish, I don't want to say the word because it's bad. See you next Tuesday. This is the Irish see you next Tuesday. We have talked about what, what we're going to do for this word. Are we going to say the word and bleep it? Are we going to say see you next Tuesday? Are we going to say something else instead of the word? Yeah. So... Oh, yeah, this is Crime and Time on the Rocks. Oh, yeah, it's Crime and Time on the Rocks. And we're talking about See You Next Tuesdays. Yes. So what is the Irish See You Next Tuesday, you might ask? I might, but I know, and it's not appealing. So uh, let me read you the recipe. Okay. It's champagne. Read the recipe verbatim from where we found it. Yes, I am. Okay. It's Your two ingredients are champagne and Irish whiskey. So we're using Bushmills. Yeah. And here's the actual recipe. In flute, rocks glass, or plastic cup, mix together any combination of Irish whiskey and hopefully chilled champagne. Hopefully chilled champagne. So our champagne is chilled and we are drinking it in a rocks glass. A very beautiful beautiful rocks glasses. Okay, the story of these glasses. They're like, I don't know if they'd be a rocks glass or highball glass. They're from the 80s. My grandmother purchased them for me. I think I was about eight. They're Waterford Crystal. And this is how, I don't know, Carol, I don't know. It, it, in the 90s, I used them as votive candle holders. No, you didn't. I did. Oh, and not no. only did I use the little metal ones, but I used the regular like voltive <gasps> ones that I have, I was scraping wax out of these with a knife. When I was younger. Because, oh my goodness. But they looked beautiful as Volta candle holders. But yeah, now that I know what Waterford Crystal actually is, I cringe at myself for doing that. Well, if you're them. about to cringe a little more, should we try this? Oh, do we have to? Yes. Okay. All right. Because whiskey is good and champagne is good. I don't think they're going to be good together. Ugh. Is it horrid? It I just, smells horrid. I almost just can't. Nope. Just nope. Nope. I really like Irish whiskey, and I would totally just do an Irish whiskey on the rocks right now, but that's not any good. It's not good. I'm going to have one more sip. I might try one more sip, too. Nope. It like makes me want to vomit every time I take a drink. Not because it tastes so horrible. It's just something with a combination. You can't mix... It just reminds me of like the end of the night sloppy drunk. That's what it's got to be. We've got champagne, we got whiskey, let's put it together. Yeah. And you should never ruin Bushmills like that. No, I'm not drinking that. I'm drinking my beer. Well, so anyway. I'm going to take this and I'm going to put it over here and I'm going to put my beer right here because it's much better. It's pretty in this glass. It looks beautiful. Yeah. Okay, tell me your story. I'm excited. I'm going to tell you about Grace Marks. Okay. So I'm talking about a Grace too. Oh, you are? Yeah. So Grace was the um, inspiration for the um, Showtime, no, was it Showtime? No, it was Hulu. I don't know. Some channel. Channel. The the series Alias Grace. Oh, I've not even heard of it. Yeah, so you'd like it actually, probably. I will have to check it um, out. So I did, I, of course I had to binge watch the entire series as yes. research for the story. Of course. And then I went back and did my Honey, research. why are you doing any, why aren't you doing anything but watching TV today? I'm working on my podcast. So Grace was born in 1828 
in Ulster, Northern Ireland. Okay. She was one of eight siblings. Um, another three children were stillborn. Mm. Grace's father was a stonemason. He was also an alcoholic and a violent, abusive <clears throat> man. Okay. Like, abusive in a way that he was considered abusive then, in 1828. So, he was s- sadistic. Yes. Not, like, abusive how... Yeah, we would consider it like today. Like not letting their kid go play soccer. I'm letting Big Dog in. When Grace was 12, her whole family immigrated to Canada. And of course, they went by ship. Uh-huh. There were no planes. So Grace's mother died on the ship en route to Canada. She was buried at sea. Aww. And as the eldest child, it fell Which on... Which means they just dumped the body Yeah, the she got dumped. So as the eldest child, it fell on Grace to take care of the rest of the children while her father spent most of the trip excessively drunk and unable to care for anyone except for himself. Not even himself. No, she was probably taking care of him, too. Probably. So once in Canada, Grace's family settled near Toronto, and she began working as a housekeeper to help make ends meet, a.k.a. she supported the family. Supported the family, yeah. She would work and send all of her money back to her dad. Oh, who drank it away. Yeah. Uh, Grace worked in a few different households before she ended up at the residence of Thomas Kinnear in 1843. So I realize, like, this all happens in Canada, but she's Irish. Right. So. Oh, no, she's totally Irish. Yes. Yeah. So when Marx arrived at the Kinnear residence, she was befriended by another maid, Nancy Montgomery. Na- Nancy was actually the housekeeper. There was only three servants in this household. So it was Nancy uh, Montgomery, the housekeeper, and then Grace as a maid and then there was a stable hand so the stable hand was also pretty friendly with grace his name was james mcdermott he'd only arrived there about a week before grace okay so it was immediately apparent that nancy had pretty much all the power in the household even over mr kinnear in a lot of ways so it was later suspected that mr kinnear and nancy were in a relationship probably and more than just suspected i think that i mean that's pretty well established So James McDermott had been scolded several times by Nancy for not doing his work properly, and she warned him that he was about to be fired for poor performance. This is the stable boy? Yeah. So Mr. Kinnear was out of town, and so Nancy basically said, when Mr. Kinnear comes back, I'm firing you. Okay. And, like, without pay, basically, too. Uh So... So what... Why would you say that to someone? Because what's to stop them then from doing something stupid? Right. So Grace and McDermott, as I said, they'd become friends. And Nancy was also friends with Grace, but it kind of left Nancy as the odd one out because McDermott didn't like Nancy, obviously. Yeah. And like I said, it was just the three of them in the household because Mr. Kinnear was out of town. So in July of 1843, Thomas Kinnear and Nancy Montgomery were found dead in the home. James... Whoa. Thomas Kinnear... The man. The the man man who owns the house. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it was just... They were dead. So he came back from town. He came back from town, asked where Nancy was. And then they just killed him, too. Yeah. Okay. So James McDermott and Grace Marks were immediately considered the prime suspects. Yeah, think? The case against James was pretty open and shut. Grace's situation was a little more complicated because there was a lot of speculation as to whether... Grace was an accomplice or whether she had tried to talk James into not going through with the plan. Uh And um, there was, you know, conflicting opinions on both sides. 
The investigators believe that both parties were equally culpable. Part of the reason is because Grace and James appeared to have fled the Kinnear residence with a bunch of stolen goods. Okay. Well, they're, everybody's dead, so take Everybody stuff. Everybody did. Take stuff, yeah. So not long after the murders, Grace and McDermott were tracked down in Lewiston, New York, and arrested. They tried to escape to New York after the murders, which is another reason that made them seem pretty guilty. Yeah. So they were brought back to Toronto, and the trial caused a sensation in Canada, and it also made the worldwide news. It was kind of like Canada's trial of the century. Okay. The press zealously covered it because there was so much going on. There was, like, intrigue and gore and sex and yeah, all the things that the press loves. All the titillating details. Mm-hmm. So on the day of James McDermott's trial, there were so many spectators packed into the courtroom that their quote unquote, some alarm was created by report that the floor of the courtroom, it was going to give way. Whoa. Were they on the second story? They must've been, or it was like a, you know, a foundation. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot of people. And a lot of people, they also followed the case because of grace. They just thought that she was like young and beautiful and like, is she a murderess? Yes. Ooh. Yeah. But grace during the, Court proceedings displayed little emotion, which kind of weirded people out. Yeah. According to newspaper reports, Grace showed up to the court wearing clothes that she had stolen from Nancy. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of a ballsy move. But then again, on the other well, hand... Well, how did they know that? Well, I don't know, but they know. But on the other hand, like, if you were a maid and you had, like, one dress and there's a dead person that didn't need their dresses anymore. For sure. Like, because she probably never had anything to do her whole life. Right. I don't really see anything wrong with that. Unless you killed them. Right. So even though the case was widely reported on, there were only a few hard facts that actually came from the trial. All the witnesses, even some of the eyewitnesses, couldn't agree on the facts. Like, stories were completely varied from person to person and time, moment to moment. Even though neither Grace or McDermott were claiming, neither of them were claiming to be completely innocent, but they gave multiple incompatible accounts of the murders. So they were also all over the place. Uh Uh-huh. They can't get their story straight. They're telling one thing and then telling another. Right. So Grace, in a confession that was published in the Star and Transcript, said that after Nancy Montgomery fired McDermott, he decided to kill Montgomery and Kinnear. Grace said that McDermott made her agree to help him, and she agreed. Okay. McDermott, on the other hand, insisted that Grace had goaded him into helping her commit the murders. But why would she have done it? She has no reason to to murder them. Well, McDermott said that it was Grace who had been fired by Nancy. Oh. I don't know. Like, that, I don't know if I believe that one, though. But both Grace and McDermott were convicted of killing Kinnear, and they were both sentenced to death. Uh, they were not tried for the murder of Nancy Montgomery because the state felt that it was redundant because they were already oh, being sentenced gotcha. to death. There's so many things that they need to do that with now. They spend mm-hmm. so much money on trials that mean nothing. So James McDermott was promptly promptly hanged. Okay. On the day that he went to the gallows, McDermott added a statement to his confession. He said that Grace had followed him into the cellar after he had struck Nancy Montgomery with an axe. And that Montgomery was wounded but not dead. So Grace tied a piece of white cloth that she had brought with her around Nancy's neck and strangled her. And also that Montgomery was reportedly pregnant when she was murdered. 
Ooh. With Kinnear's baby, I'm assuming. With Kinnear's baby is what everyone's assuming, uh, yeah. But wouldn't that be easy to find? I mean, if there was a cord tied around her neck, there would either be a cord tied around, or cloth, a cloth tied around her neck, or there would be bruising on her she neck. She took it with her. Well, yeah, but she took the cloth with her, apparently. Okay, That's but there'd the... still be bruising on the neck, right? Yeah. So, in Grace's case, though, the sentence, they, the jury decided that they recommended mercy because she was so young. So, her sentence was commuted to life in prison. So, she didn't get it. Okay. Yeah. So, Grace was sent to Kingston Penitentiary in 1852. She was briefly sent to the Provincial Lunatic Asylum and then returned to Kingston Penitentiary. In 18- Why was she sent to the Lunatic Asylum? Well, she started having, like, I don't know. She was just odd. Like, she started having almost like, what do you call it? When you have, like, a second split personality kind of thing. Oh, okay. Um, split personality, I think. Yeah, there's a term for it, but I can't think of what it is. So, yeah, in 1872, she was pardoned after numerous people appealed for her exoneration. And upon release, she was asked a series of questions that they ask all prisoners upon release. Okay. So question number 23 read, what has been the general cause of your misfortunes? And Grace answered, quote unquote, having been employed in the same house with a villain, with a villain. Oh, she didn't do it. So I don't know, but now spoiler alert, if you watch Alias Grace, don't listen to this part unless you finished it. But so in the, in the show, Grace early on at one of her previous houses Uh befriends this girl, um, I think her name's like Marie something. I can't think of her last name. So they are like best friends. Okay. Then Marie gets pregnant by um, the homeowner's son mm-hmm. who was away at college, but like obviously comes back from time to time. Uh-huh. And she, Marie tells him like, oh, I'm having a baby. And she thought they were in love and everything. And, but no. But no, he just looks at her and like, was just like, it's not mine, you know. Like, yeah. So then she goes to have an abortion, and so she has this illegal abortion, comes back, and dies from that. Of course she does. And in the, in the series, when she dies, like, basically, they're in, they insinuate that her soul, like, goes into grace, so there's, like, a part of Marie there. Ooh. So, okay. li- like, later on, they kind of insinuate that when Grace is committing these murders, that it's actually Marie doing it. And Why would Marie do it, though? I don't know. To get back at the boy? Maybe. But Grace, um, like, during various parts of the, of the show, like, she'll, she's just, like, has no recollection of certain events. Okay. Interesting. And then there's that part where she was sent to the lunatic asylum for displaying signs of multiple personality. Uh-huh. And then also in the show, there's, um, and I guess this happened in real life, too, there was a psychiatrist or, like, some sort of doctor that did evaluate her uh-huh. um but in the show she had met this like traveling um kind of like a con artist but i don't know what like the good connotation of that would be but he kind of sold wares and like would go from place to place but he was also kind of a con artist okay. anyway she met him at the previous place of her employment and then when she was in the asylum or like at the penitentiary he comes back and he is like one of the doctors that evaluates her. Huh? Yeah. So did she really meet him previously? Yeah, she really met him previously. 
I think because he's like a con man, and I think he knew he could get in to see her. Because like, oh, so he's not really a doctor. I think yeah, I think he's not really a doctor. But okay, gotta check this show out. So all these people, like all like especially like women and you know people that have time on their hands, were in, really intrigued by the murderess. So like they would go and take tours of the penitentiary and like basically gawk at her. Well, like she's a sideshow. She act. was like, that's the murderess. Wow. So it was kind of cool. Interesting. But yeah, there's not like just because the story was so old and there's not really good information. Uh-huh. It was really hard to find little details. So I it's had neat though. It, it is cool, and the show was good. So oh look, you've got our sticker on your notebook. I do. Yay. Okay, so I'm going to tell you about a Grace, but her name is Grace O'Malley. Huh. And she's the pirate queen of Ireland or the dark lady of Duma. Ooh. It's really cool. She's awesome. So the um, Black Oak was her father. That's what they called him. His name was actually Owen O'Malley, um, but they called him Black Oak. And they had ruled his, he was the um, chieftain of his clan. This is back in the 1500s when Ireland is not a country it's not a unified country it's all little fiefdoms and little clans and so o'malley is ruling his land and he's he they have ruled it for over a thousand years it was the west coast of ireland so she's there's so many legends about her and just the i researched three i got my information from three different sources i looked everything up and i had um articles and whatnot and then i ended up just watching YouTube videos. So I watched Brief Histories. I watched um, Legends of History, Grace O'Malley, The Dark Lady of Duna, and um, Warrior Women with Lucy Lawless. Oh, really? That's cool. <laughs> and they all three had such different accounts of certain points in her life. But I think part of that is because of the way she was written about in history. And I'll talk about that a little later. But so um, she's 12 or 13. And it's probably time for her to start doing her duty and be apprenticed to another noble house. And But she doesn't want to. She wants to go with her father on the ship. And she wants to be, because they were fishermen and they were um, kind of piratists. They kind of would tax the local fishermen and anybody who wanted to go through their waters, they would tax them and, and f- charge them a fee to show them around their little cove thing was had very shallow waters and treacherous waters and so they would charge people to get their ships in and out of there well that kind of makes sense so you need that yes you absolutely do so she's 12 or 13 and she's dad says well it's time for you to start looking about marrying a clan leader and you know increasing our lands and she says no i want to go on the ship with you and her half brother was called donal of the pipes or normal of the pipes donal of the pipes yeah donal of the pipes and that could be interpreted two things. It could be that he was either musically inclined or he really liked Spanish wine that used to come in pipes in uh, those days. I'm going to guess music, but it's kind of... It's probably the wine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because he did not take over the father's business. He, she did. So he... She... There's two theories or two legends, I guess, about her and this ship. So one is that she asked to go on the ship and her father said, no, your hair will get caught in the lines. And so she cut her hair 
and her father was so embarrassed by her short hair that he let her on the ship so that no one would see her. And then there's another story that she stowed away and hid until the ship was far enough out to sea so dad couldn't do anything about it. And then she was already there. That's like the Love Boat episode I watched recently. <laughs> I've not seen the Love Boat in years. This girl, she's like 15. She stowed away on the cruise ship. And um, she befriended this like grandfatherly sort uh-huh. who, um, because the girl was going to go to Mexico to meet her boyfriend and marry him because she was too young to get married in the States. Uh-huh. And the grandfatherly sort let her stay in his stateroom with her and like put up like this she- like blanket shield so that they could have privacy and then talked her out of marrying this boy and it was just like at 15 uh uh-huh it was just really sweet (laughs) that is very sweet so it was a good thing that she was on the ship because there's another legend that she was on the ship and her father had told her to go downstairs if there was ever any fighting and so there was fighting and of course grace doesn't go downstairs she climbed up the rigging and so the legend goes that she's sitting on the rigging watching the battle go on below and she sees an Englishman coming after her father with a dagger coming to his back and she jumps from the rigging down screaming onto this Englishman's back and stops him from killing her father. And then that was enough for dad's people to get the upper hand and um, win the battle. What a badass. Oh, she's... Amazing. You have not heard anything yet. So she's amazing. So she cannot get out of it. She is the only daughter of the chieftain. So she has to be married off. So at 16, she is married. Um, she said, she's quoted to say, well, we don't know if she's quoted, but she used to say that her, her husband was all brawn and no brains. He was a fighter and that's all he ever did was go out and fight. And what is their family name? Anyway, so she, he's another chieftain's son and it combined their lands and they were married for several years. They had three kids together and they are Owen, somebody and then a girl. But so she is pretty much kind of has to stay home, but she still manages to get out on the ships and she's really helping to build the family empire because he is just in it for the fighting, but she's really trying to increase their lands and increase their wealth and things and eventually he's killed in battle and then his family does not follow irish law and does not allow her to inherit they keep they they keep everything they take everything back she says well okay now these ships are supposed to be mine this stuff is supposed to be mine and they said no we're gonna keep it you can go home to your dad what yeah which was against the law but that is what they did and so she left and went home back home to her family but all of the men went with her. So she oh, like took yeah. all of their people. Good on her. Yes. So that's, she had to have been such a, I mean, because she was a woman and she's leading these men, she had to be better. Mm-hmm. She had to be a better pirate, a better businesswoman, a better trader, a better everything. Braver and just more, all of it. Yeah. For them to follow her and respect her at that time. So she goes home to her family in Clue Bay and sorry I watched these things out of order and so my notes are all completely out of order there we go so she goes home and in between her husbands 
she actually takes a lover. The Catholic laws and traditions were interpreted differently for at this time by the Irish. They were very liberal. Um, women typically had a lot of rights. Divorce was very common, or it could be done, I guess. And having a lover was okay. Um, sex out of wedlock was okay-ish. So there's even rumors that there was an illegitimate child. But so she, the story with this lover is that she was going along and they found, they saw a shipwreck. So her and her men went to the shipwreck to try and salvage the stuff. And they, she finds this man, his name is Hugh Delaney, and he's nearly dead. He supposedly is the son of a wealthy merchant. She takes him back to Clare Island, which is where her family is living, and she nurses him back to health, and they become lovers, and they, it was blissful. So her first marriage was because her father made her do it, and her second marriage, which we'll talk about in a minute, was very political. And so this man, she loved him. And he goes out hunting one day, and he is killed by a rival clan, the McMahons. They stalked him and oh, killed him they hunted while he him. was hunting. Yes, they hunted him while he was hunting. Oh, that's harsh. Yes. So Grace, <laughs> being the badass that she is, she goes to the McMahons' castle, and she kills the men who killed her lover. And then she goes and completely sacks the castle, just murders everybody that she can find, takes the castle, and now it's mine. Wow. And they so that's when she earned the name the Dark Lady of Duna because this castle was the Duna. She actually fought with two, they speculate that she fought with two swords, a um, long, light sword and a more short, daggery type sword. And she would, she would um, fight with both. The fighting had to be quick. You got in, you killed, you got out because it, all the fighting was either done on ship or in these tiny little rooms in these castles. So she avenges Lover. She's really young. She's still only in her 20s. She's in her late 20s and her dad dies. Now, she's already in charge of the fleet because brother's not interested. He can't really do it. And so she's been helping dad all along which, since she got home from her marriage. And so she's already in charge of the fleet. The men are already following her. But it is against the law for a female to be a chieftain. Well, dad dies. And so it should go then to the next male relative. And she says, no. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. It, pretty much that's what she said. She says, I'm, I'm already doing this job, so I'm going to do it. And she says, I've earned this. I'm the chieftain. Fooey on the law. Doesn't matter. So she's chieftain. Oh, she was born in the same year as Queen Elizabeth. I forgot to say that. Yeah, under Henry VIII, they pretty much left Ireland alone. England did. But under Queen Elizabeth, the Spanish are kind of creeping in. And the Span Queen Elizabeth was very afraid that the Spanish were going to go to Ireland and convince the chieftains to side with them. Because it was not, like I said, a, a unified country. That it was all these little chieftainships and um, feudal societies. And the Queen Elizabeth was afraid that the Spanish were going to convince them to side with them against the English. So... O'Malley sees this too, and she's like, well, we need to we need to stick together. We need to resist the English. So she goes to her next husband, who is Robert... No, Richard. Where did I write his last name down? I don't know. She goes to Richard, and she says, hey, I want to marry you. You're the chieftain of this area. I'm the chieftain of this area. It would be better if... Burke. It would be better if we got married. So... But we're only going to have to stay married for a year. 
she insists on a prenup agreement that says we're going to be married for a year i get to decide if i keep you or not after that year and no matter what i get your castle because it was really the castle that she wanted it was rock fleet castle so basically she's just like i'm getting your castle kind of yeah that's crazy she pirated her husband so she wants rock fleet castle because it's easily defendable and it's in a good strategic space so she gets his prenup. They get married. After a year, she says, I dismiss you. But he says, no, but wait, I like you. <laughs> so he wants to stay. Um, they obviously still played hanky-panky because her youngest child was born after the quote-unquote divorce. In fact, her youngest, so there's a story about her youngest child too. So her youngest child, Theobald, he was called Theo of the Ships. And he was born on ship because they kind of had to stay out at the time, they kind of had to stay out, and I'll talk more about that in a minute. But so he's born on ship, and the the legend goes that some Barbary pirates came and boarded the ship, and her men were trying to fight them off. But Grace isn't there; she's not there leading them. She's downstairs nursing the baby, and they start to lose. So she's downstairs nursing the baby, and she hears that they're losing, and so she gets ticked, and she flies upstairs with two guns shoots the two leaders of the Barbary Pirates, yells at her men that they disturbed her while she was nursing the baby, <laughs> and then it kicks ass and they win the battle. She's like, do I have to literally do everything? Everything, yes. She has to do everything. And they took the other ships. So Richard and she are, are t- together. They still, all of the men are still fighting together, even though they're not quote-unquote married. They go up to Galloway Bay to meet Henry Sidney, who was at that time the governor, the English governor in Ireland. And she sailed up with her full fleet, and she's... The the idea is that she's supposed to just say, hey, you leave us alone, we'll leave you alone, da-da-da. But in, what she really wanted to accomplish was to show Sidney and the English, hey, look what we have. We are armed to the teeth. We have all these ships we have all these guns this is this is what you would be dealing with if you tried to take us on so sydney sort of leaves her alone elizabeth had been getting all along these reports about this woman who's a she's you know pirating in this area she's taking english ships she's taking english property and she grace o'malley was just a complete badass she had gone to she'd flint um sailed all the way to she brought back mercenaries to help fight her with scott to fight for her from scotland she sailed all the way to spain you know as in to get the master shipbuilders there to build her a ship as in spanish armada so she wanted like the best ships that she could have to do all this fighting so queen elizabeth is seeing all of this problem in ireland and that she really needs to try and get the irish on her side and she needs a new governor. So in, in 1584, she appoints Richard Bingham to Galway as the new governor of Ireland. And he is kind of, he has a reputation of being very ruthless and cruel and awful. And he wants to get Grace. He doesn't like her. He thinks that she's not being womanly and he's going to get her. So he takes 500 soldiers and he goes to track down her oldest son, Owen. All Owen is doing, he's out with his men on, 
on his lands in, near his castle. He's out hunting, probably. He has 20 dudes, and they have 500. Oh, gosh. They hang all 20 of his guys, but they don't hang him. They basically tie him up and torture him. There oh, was no. There was 12 wounds found on his body. And Bingham in the report says, oh, he tried to escape, and that's why we had to, to wound him, and that's how he got all this these wounds. Yeah, yeah. But no, he was tied up the entire time. And Grace doesn't like this, so she retaliates with vengeance. She sends revolts against Bingham. The O'Malley's and the Burks get together, and her warriors out. They were completely outnumbered, twenty-five to one. But they, you know, practice guerrilla tactics. They would use the woodland, and they would hide in the woodland, and they would go in, and they would kill, and they would get back out. And they did this in the water in their little. So the ships would come through the bay, and they had O'Malley had her big ships, but she also had these small little warships. And these tiny little warships would just get in, board, kill everybody, get out. They were fast and they were ruthless and tough. So O'Malley is, or Bur, um, the governor, what's his name? Bingham. He's very unhappy. And so he just starts putting a lot of pressure on the other chieftains to take sides and to side with him against O'Malley. And hey, if you work with us, we'll get you her lands and blah, blah, blah. And some of them are doing it. In fact, her own son, her second son, Merrick, allies with Bingham. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. Oh my gosh. And so like, Grace hears about this. Though? Yeah, Grace hears about this. And so she goes to his castle. She kills like five or six of his guys. She goes in and she says, hey, I can do this. She burns all of his ships and never speaks to him again. Yeah, rightfully so. Yeah, her own kid. So now Bingham is mad because she's coming in and, and taking out the guys that he is convinced to side with against her. And so he sends a fleet into Clue Bay, and they actually corner Grace at Rockfleet Castle. And they say, okay, you win. We give in. Come on out. Let's talk truce. Well... She falls for it, and she goes out, and they immediately arrest her. So she's in prison for months, and she's sending word to her people, you know, help me, blah, 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 who were from Sydney's administration. And Sydney's administration puts pressure on Bingham to let her out. And they said, okay, Bingham says, okay, fine, I'll let her out, but she has to give me a bunch of her guys to come and take her place in prison. We have to have some of her men in prison. Yeah, like a swap. Like Yes. We'll give you give us a bunch and we'll give you her. So this is how even she'd been away from her men for months and this is how loved and revered she was by them. She had more than she needed volunteer to go to prison to get her out. So her men said, Yeah, I'll do it. And so they they traded. But Bingham's cruel reign just continues for years there. How does he not get killed? I don't know how he doesn't get killed because he's he's one of those. But I don't know how Bingham didn't get killed because they were, he was really just doing a number on these poor people that had lived this way for thousands of years and he was trying to get them to live a different way. So he destroyed the land. He would burn everything. He, the area was practically in famine because there was no food that could grow. Grace and all of her men were forced to live on their ships. People didn't know what to do. 
because they couldn't grow anything. So they turn to Grace. They're like, you've got to help us. Well, she doesn't know what to do. So she decides, well, you know what? I'm going to petition Queen Elizabeth. There's, there's, I have nothing else to lose. So she writes Queen Elizabeth and she says, you know, I'm not fighting you. I'm fighting Bingham. Bingham is horrible. She writes this letter where she details the murder of her son. And this is 13 years after her son was killed. And she just details it in. It's like probably gut-wrenching. Yes. Anguishing details to, in this letter to Elizabeth. And Elizabeth had been hearing about her and she was very intrigued by her. Because all of the things that Elizabeth had been said to do, she was like this leader of men and she was the head of the navy and she was this great naval power but she had never gone further than greenwich in england and here o'malley had done all of these things they were born in the same year they almost had parallel lives it was really cool only o'malley really did it elizabeth just was given credit for doing it Mm -hmm. but she didn't do it so she's completely intrigued by her so grace is sending letters to elizabeth and burke is sending or bingham is sending letters to elizabeth saying this horrible person, she has, you know, she's stolen your ships and she's this and that and this. But Elizabeth says, you know, you murdered her son. I think I'll hear her out. So she grants her a petition. And she says, you you can come and talk to me. So Grace leaves in 1595. She's to go to England. She's in her 60s. Oh my gosh. Yes. And this is a massive risk. She is a pirate, really. And the, the Thames at the times, they had like stakes along the side of the Thames River with where they would hang pirates that they had captured mm-hmm. and they would hang their bones. And so their bones are still, she's sailing up this river lined with bones of pirates. And she doesn't know, am I going to be executed on sight? Am I going to be put in the tower? She just knows I have to go try. So she gets there and they dock her boat and she's sending letters into, into Elizabeth and, you know, listen to me, blah, blah, blah. And they sit there for months while um, Elizabeth decides, you know, whether she's going to see her or not. She finally decides, okay, yes, the day has come. You may come in. So she goes in, and now this is really badass too, because all she wants is, she just says, I just want you to call off Bingham. If you call off Bingham, I will lie with you. That's what she's been telling her all along in her letters. So she gets her audience with the queen, and she goes in to see the queen, and she doesn't bow to the queen. Okay, that's bad, right? Really bad. Like, you can be put to death bad. But her logic was... I'm a queen and monarchs don't bow to monarchs. Mm. And I'm a queen of my land, so I'm not going to bow to you. Well, they're they're both in their 60s. And so Elizabeth, at first she was like, well, that's kind of cheeky. And then she kind of respected it. So they literally went off into a separate room and sat by the fire and talked. At one point, Elizabeth tried to give her a title. And um, Grace said, I don't... You can't give me a title. We're both queens. You have no authority to give me a title. I already have a title. Yeah, you're like, you don't understand my position. Yeah. So they they go off and they just start talking like little old ladies. And they talk about, you know, I'm sure Elizabeth was fascinated by these stories of things that Grace actually did. 
Um, but Elizabeth says, okay, yeah, we will call off Burke. Oh, by the way, Bur- not Burke. Um, Bingham. Bingham. Bingham had Toby of the ships arrested. So Toby of the ships, Grace's favorite child, is in prison. And so they, Elizabeth orders Bingham to release Toby and to let Grace rule her her little kingdom there and that they agree that they will not attack English, that they'll, they'll be for the English. They're not going to go with the Spanish. Um, so they kind of became friends. There's, there was actually a sighting of Grace in a boat in going, they were just returning from a raid where they had raided lands in Mayo, 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 in when she was 67. Oh goodness. <laughs> so she doesn't retire. Um, they think she died in 1603 in Rockfleet Castle from natural causes the same year Elizabeth died. They were born in the same year. They died in the same year. That's crazy. Yes. And 60, 73 is old for the time period. Yeah, no, that's super old. There's one of the castles on Clare Island. There's murals on the wall of all the old way of life. And then there's this tomb that's very, it's in a place of prominence in the chapel of this castle on Clare Island. Um, it's in a place of prominence. There's no marking on it. But it's decorated very ornately, and so they think that that is where Grace O'Malley is actually buried. The, the, the people who wrote the history, though, pretty much wrote her out. The most accounts, like primary source documents about her, are some of these letters back and forth dispatches from the, the people that Elizabeth has living and working in Ireland. And they're telling Elizabeth about this crazy lady and that's where most of the primary source documents about her come from. So it's really interesting that she was written about by her enemies. Yeah. And they were still this impressed with her. They still thought she was this badass of a lady. Um, it's really cool. They There's one interview that I saw was with a Ellen O'Malley, who the little caption underneath of her said she was a former clan chieftain. Huh. So apparently chicks can be chieftains now. And she said that there's a old family joke that said the... Um, there's an old family joke that says the only man in the O'Malley family is a woman. Huh. Was a woman. So that's Grace O'Malley, the pirate queen of Ireland. Who, I like it. I really like her. They, I, I've heard the name before. I Like it came up somewhere, but I didn't know anything about her. I had her. never heard it until I heard it on a different podcast. I'm like, I really like her. I want to do some more research on her. But they said that, you know, she could seduce a man or kill a man. She was just that strong and brave and... Really cool lady, I think. Interesting person. Well, I guess if you're Irish and your name's Grace, that automatically makes you a see you next Tuesday. No, we're not calling our Irish fans or fans named Grace see you next Tuesdays. But this drink is horrible, although I noticed you drank it. I did. I had to. It's so gross. It's gross. We have not had a cocktail that we really, really liked for a while. Um, yeah, let's next one. Next... Okay, next cocktail, we should go for taste. We should go for taste. Well, what we need is for people to send us cocktail suggestions. Yeah, keep keep them coming because... Good ones, though. Yeah, not this one. <laughs> this one was bad. So, despite the fact that we drank a bad cocktail and that was called a See You Next Tuesday, it totally doesn't make us experts. 
No, it just makes us drunks. Drunks. Hey, so if you like us, you can always... Let us know. Uh, rate, review, any podcast catcher or whatever you call them that you listen to us on. Leave us a rating and a review. It would really help. Yeah, and if you have any comments or suggestions, email oh. us at crimeandtimeotr at gmail.com. Cocktail suggestions. Send us cocktail suggestions. That would be fun. Yeah, we've been, get, we've been getting a lot, and we love them, but keep them coming. Yeah. Another way to get a hold of us at for Twitter is at Time and Crime. Yeah, Instagram, we're also at Crime and Time. And check out our Facebook page. We always post little hints of the cocktail that's coming up and just fun little things. And that is Crime and Time on the Rocks or at Crime and Time OTR. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Let us know. Cheers. Thank you for listening.